Hey, hi, hello, all my lovely book nerds. Uh, welcome back to Barely Bookish. Today we are discussing the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie with our girl Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden, right? That feels right. Emotionally, that feels right. I, I'm sticking with it. If not, you know, uh, Amanda, our resident Pride and Prejudice expert, is going to say it at some point in this episode and then you'll know the truth and you can come at me in the comments and I would respect that because I deserve it. Um, so yeah, we are discussing that today. So if you want to watch the movie, pause here, watch the movie, watch that sweet, sweet hand flex, um, and then come back and join us as we discuss it and have a good time. So that's all that. Also, if you haven't joined the Barely Book Club yet, we are currently taking a small break. At, we're finishing up A Song of Race and Ruin right now this week, and then we're going to take a small break until the beginning of December. Um, so now's the perfect time to join because we are still submitting books. Um, so you can help us pick our next read, and it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I'll talk more about it in the outro, but yeah. I will catch you guys in the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pride and Prejudice. Um, we are now discussing the 2005 uh, movie with uh, the one and only Kira Knightley and a beautiful Mr. Darcy. And I am joined today by Amanda again. That's me. Hi. And this movie was beautiful. And just the cinematography, if like, I just loved every landscape they did and everything. Like, I love seeing London countryside, or not London, European countryside anyways, so just seeing all that was so beautiful to me. It's, this, the way they filmed that, I mean, the whole cinematography on this movie was just beautiful. They, they could not have picked a prettier place to film. I will say, before we talk through the entire movie, that um, this is spoilers for the 2005 movie, so if you have not seen it, uh, make sure you watch that first because, or if you don't care, you know, then just enjoy. But if you uh, care, make sure you watch that first. <laughs> so, um, so I, my first note was like the Bennett house did not really seem like a house to me. Like it didn't seem homey. Like, did you get that vibe or was it just me? Um, I just think our idea of homey is different than their idea of homey. That's probably so. true. It's it's just a, a generational thing. It's yeah. It's it was probably very homey to them. I did. Did you notice um, when they're all eating dinner at some point, and there's four photos on the wall. So first of all, there's I think those were of the daughters, and there's one daughter that obviously did not get their portrait on the wall. <laughs> and then three of them have one, uh, a black frame, and then someone has a gold frame. I think it, how it is. I did not, and I, I watched it. I watched the movie again yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so no, I, I I did not pay that close attention to it. I'll be honest with you, I did not notice that. I don't know. I'm my um growing up, my mom used to be a uh, interior designer. So like oh. when we watch movies, I watch I look at the houses a lot. Oh. So it's like I looked at that and I'm like, 
what choice was that? Like, why is there three uh, three photo frames that are one color and one that's a different color? The one that's a different color is even slightly smaller. So I doubt like, they, the Bennett's cared all that much. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> They're all in a line, and then they're all, like, aligned to the top, so, like, it's noticeably smaller. It's kind of funny to me. I'll have to look for that next time. Yeah, definitely. I don't know exactly what point, but it's one time that they're all sitting down to eat. I'll have to look for that. So, I made a note, and it says, I already don't like Lydia and Kitty, which I didn't like them in the book, but it's even worse. (laughs) Like, something about the movie just made them, like, so much worse than they already were. You That's know. because then you can hear the grating of their voice. Kitty's yeah. voice is so high-pitched. and Oh, I know. So annoying. And, like, watching them, like, run around outside and everything, I was like, ugh. Like, they're, ch- they're children, you know? Yep. They basically but, act like they're 12, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they are children. They're children to us. But to them, mm-hmm. they were adults by that point in time, you know? Yeah, but they're adults that act like children. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, they just act like they're so whimsical and everything, and I just don't like it. They act um, like their stuff don't stink. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then my biggest note is, why did the music and dancing stop the very second Bingley and Darcy come in? Like, everyone was shocked. As soon as they walked in across the room, the dancing immediately started again. <laughs> like, that scene gets to me. Well, and the reason it happens like that is because they're so high ranking mm-hmm. that that it's expected for it's kind of like if the king or queen were to walk in, you know, everything would stop and then it would sh- they the room would show them their respect before mm-hmm. it resumed again. So that's why it happens like that. It's just because Bingley is so high ranking in the neighborhood. Yeah. Even if even if he's new to the neighborhood, he still all automatically takes his his spot at the top of the hierarchy just because of his income. It's so weird. Like, it's just, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like watching it happen is so awkward. I like, know. It's like, cringy. as you said earlier, no wonder that Darcy's constantly uncomfortable with attention. Yes, you know? As the, I, I mean, I feel for the dude right yeah. off from the bat, I do. I mean, yeah, it's just that. If that happened every time I went somewhere, I'd I'd also not want to talk to a single person. Yep. So um, then Bingley immediately starts flirting with Jane and they're dancing. And like, this is the point where I was watching them dance and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either. Like, <laughs> oh, when, when he says, uh, when he talks about, do you dance, Mr. Darcy? I'm not like, about no. afford it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to do it either. Like that does not look any kind of fun. Because it's hard to talk to people when you're running across the room. And it seems like a lot of cardio for the fact that they aren't allowed to exercise. (laughs) That's funny. Like, it's just, it's a lot of jumping and running back to each side, it feels like to me. That's why they're so skinny. Oh, yeah, there you go. And then, um, I said, Miss Bingley already looks like uh, the absolute worst. Yeah, yeah, she already like looks like she smells something bad, you know. Her nose is all stuck up in the air. Yeah, like that actress did a phenomenal job. Oh, she's so good. Anytime I reread the book now, her Mm -hmm. parts are always in the actress's tone of voice. Yeah, and I just imagine her now that I've seen her. I'm like, yep, that's perfect. Like that was the best casting for her. Yes. And um, 
I, I'm not even mad that they got rid of uh, Mrs. Hurst because I, I don't think she added anything, and I always forgot she was there in the books. She's basically just there for Caroline. Yeah. So it's like when they got rid of her, I was like, eh, like I don't really care. And then after calling Elizabeth ugly, he immediately starts walking closer to Elizabeth. <laughs> like he's like, she's ugly. And then he's like, well, now I'm going to follow around like a little puppy dog. <laughs> he's like, I- I'll just uh, get rid of that by saying that she's ugly. And then, you know, find her the most beautiful woman in the entire world and just follow her continuously. Well, he doesn't want people to think that he's he's weak or he's partial. Yeah. So he's gotta he's gotta act tough on the outside, but then melt on the inside. Yeah. See, in the book, I always thought that like he said that because he legitimately wasn't interested in her the first time he saw her. But like in the movie, to me, it felt more like oh, he's saying that to basically um, get rid of everyone watching them. Yep. So I I don't mind that interpretation necessarily. But I, I felt agree. Yeah, I felt like it was not necessarily what I thought it was in the book, but you know, it's okay. Um, and then my one of my notes is so starts the awkward Darcy that I love because it's immediate. <laughs> like in the book, it took a second for Dar- Darcy to get awkward, and in the movie, it's like boom, awkward Darcy. Yes. <laughs> and then um, this is the note that I kind of listed where it's I thought that uh, the Bennets were middle class, but. You can kind of tell that they're actually like lower than middle class in this book. In the movie, I mean, it looks like they really amped up the fact that they're like not super well off. Not necessarily poor, but their house is like untidy and kind of things like that. Well, I think they'd be better off if they didn't have so many children. Yeah. So if they if they just had just one or two versus the five girls that obviously like to spend a lot of money. Yeah. then the house would be better taken care of. I think um, Miss Mrs. Bennett kind of said that they had so many kids because they kept trying for a boy, right? Yep. Well, not to mention they don't exactly have re- reliable birth control at that point in time. Also that, yeah. So as the officers come into the city, I think it really showed how young Lydia and Kitty actually are. Like, that's the point where I was like, oh, they behave like children. Yes. Not like young ladies, you know? And what was the whole thing with the, um, the, not pocket square, the cloth handkerchief. handkerchief, thank you. What's that whole thing where she threw it and then people stepped on it? Like, was that trying to catch it or something? No, she was expecting that when she drops her handkerchief, it is the gentlemanly thing to do for the man to pick it up and hand it to her. So she dropped her handkerchief, mm-hmm. expecting the officers to give it to her. Except mm-hmm. for at this point in time, the officers were dancing in formation. I mean, yeah. not dancing. They were walking in formation. They were having like a parade. So she, yeah. she's stupid. It, there's no way that they could stop what they're doing and pick up a handkerchief and hand it to her and flirt. Yeah. With her. So you know you can't like break rings like that. Yeah. She's such a moron. That she is. Um. So, and then, you know, it goes on a bit, and I really thought the turn about the room and, like, that kind of smaller enclosed space was so weird. Like, they really amped up the fact that it was incredibly odd in that room, because there was not a lot of space to, like, do a turn about the room. Well, and, and 
I don't know. It, I didn't think it is that odd. But maybe that's just because I've I've seen it and mm-hmm. I've read it so much that it just seems commonplace to me now. Versus no, I, maybe before it wouldn't have. See, I think with my uh, fresh eyes, I was just like, "This is weird. Like, this is not like normal behavior." <laughs> And then in my notes, I said, I cannot remember who the goth Bennett is. Because when they all show up to see Jane and Elizabeth, everyone's wearing colors except Mary, who's wearing, like, all black for no reason. Oh, I know. And then that's that's a difference from the book as well. Because uh, in the book, Mary doesn't come to visit. Mm-hmm. She stays home. And only in the movie does she come. Yeah. Like, I forgot Mary existed throughout the entire book until that moment. I'm like, who is that? Like, I just, I was like, I can see Lydia. I can see Kitty. Who is that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, Elizabeth has four other sisters. It's not three other sisters. Like, I completely forgot about Mary. And then yeah. I'm just like, why did they make her wear all black? Because she's prim and proper. She's very, she should be a nun is what she should, she should do. Yeah. I could see it. I don't. Because they don't even talk about her at the end of the book where they mention, like, Kitty coming to visit her. Like, what happened to Mary? Nothing. (laughs) I guess. Because they just don't even discuss her being a human being that exists anymore. Now, there are several several books that cover Mary in Pride and Pride in sequels. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. What do they say she does? Most of the time, she gets married off to a clergyman. Mm, I could see that. She seems that type. Yep. It just doesn't seem like she really has a personality. I always thought she and Mr. Collins deserved each other. True. Collins just needed to work his way down the line. One more person. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mary is in between um, Elizabeth and uh, Lydia. Yep. Or Kitty, right? Yep. She's number three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he could have just one more girl and he could have taken Oh, Collins is so gross. Oh, and then we got to the scene where Darcy and Elizabeth touch hands. Oh, the hand flex. Yeah, the hand flex. The hand flex. That is, that's my favorite scene of any movie of all all movies. and It's my favorite scene. Because just, I mean, the look on her, he it's unexpected, obviously. Mm-hmm. She was getting into the carriage by herself. So he reaches his hands out, stands gloves, neither of them are wearing gloves, mind you, and helps her into the carriage. And she's looking at him like, what in the hell just happened here? Yeah. And he's flexing his hand like, I touched her, I touched her. Oh, my God, I touched her. I can't believe I did that. What is wrong with me? Get out of here as quickly as possible. The hand flex. It's. Because that hand flex is basically the equivalent of unexpected kissing between the two of them. Or yes. one of them wanted it, but neither of them thought it would happen. That's basically what that hand flex was. I mean, who knew so many emotions could be could be described in a hand flex? I mean, he, I he, it's, it's just so evocative, you know, the way he flexes his hand like that. And her look, the way she's looking at him, like, what in God's name yeah. is that about? You know, it was so good. Mm, it's the best part of the movie. I know. I just, I watched it and I paused and I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I know. Things are getting real. The hand flex. Mm. 
Oh, and then so they're all eating dinner and Collins is over. And the look Elizabeth gives every member of her family anytime Collins speaks kills me. It absolutely kills me. I think it's hilarious. Because she basically does this look of like, who is this guy and why is he here? He's so stupid. He's he's trash. He's absolute trash. I cannot stand him. And then after dinner, he says that he wants to read for them um, for an hour or two sermons. What? Boring. Like, I know he's a clergyman, but like, have you ever heard of not taking your work home with you? Well, I mean, in in the book, he says he doesn't believe in reading novels. If it's not basically if it's not Christian literature, he's not going to read it. Oh, he's such a boring person. He's too above it or whatever. I just, there's something to be said about looking at other works of literature outside of your own sphere. Like, if you only read, um, let's say you only read, like, sermons, but, like, reading other sermons outside of your own religion, like, it helps you understand not only the world, but I think it helps you understand what you're reading as well. He doesn't want to understand about the world. That's true. I think he just basically wants to repeat what he knows continuously over and over again, like word vomit. Yep. He just wants people to look up to him. Ugh, so annoying. This point, Wickham comes into the picture, and he's actually really pretty, I felt like, in the movie. Now, did you know that he and Kara Knightley were a couple during this movie? No. They were together for five years. Wow. That's wild. Yep. He is. Could you imagine how pretty their babies would have been? Um, and then my next note is Lydia is so annoying. Like they really just amp up how annoying she is throughout yes. that entire movie. Like she's already annoying in the books, but like just because in the books you can kind of overlook what she says. In the movie, you just her her voice is just so piercing. And it just, you can't overlook it. Like, you have to listen to it, and you're just like, ah. Well, she did that on purpose. Her voice is not normally that high. If you hear her outside of the movie, yeah. It's just like chalk on it, nail, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And then, oh, I had completely forgotten that Elizabeth solely dressed up for Wickham at that ball. <laughs> and, like, her going to that ball and not seeing Wickham and how disappointed she was. And then, like, Darcy casually trying to, like, follow her got to me got to me because he has no idea none and then and she's like she's like i have sworn to loathe him for all eternity and and charlotte's like laughing she's like well you're gonna have to change those plans aren't you yeah (laughs) literally though i'm like ma'am that's your husband so and then so that's the point where elizabeth has to dance with collins but we didn't see that right in the movie? Yeah. Oh, no, it's in the movie. Okay, I'm trying oh, to... yeah. It must have been quick or something, because I don't really remember it very well. Because he's trying to he's trying to talk to her, mm-hmm. to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is talking to Jane. So Elizabeth mm-hmm. and Jane, when they have oh, the yeah. conversation about, about Wickham, if mm-hmm. a certain somebody were, were not here, a certain gentleman, mm-hmm. if a certain gentleman were not here, and Elizabeth says that gentleman hardly warrants the name. Yeah. So, so that's that conversation is going on while she's dancing with Collins, and Collins is trying to talk to her, and she's just completely ignoring him. Yeah, I forgot that. But 
that's when that was happening. Because I was like, I don't really remember Colin's dancing, but now I'm like, oh yeah. Um. So then Darcy and Elizabeth dancing, and he's so awkward. It really just amps it up, like them passing by each other and and her going, oh, it's your turn to talk now. <laughs> that. That reply will do for present. I know. Like, they really amp up that conversation. I thought it was really well done. Yes, I agree. I will think it's funny the modern, if any modern day retellings do that and they slow dance, I want to see that conversation. <laughs> I, have to think if, I have to think if I've if I've read any of those that have slow dancing in the modern interpretation. Just because I feel like it's easier to have those type of conversations when you're slow dancing, so it'd be even more awkward when he's not responding. Most definitely. Because it's like, when they're dancing, they pass by each other for a second, so if he doesn't respond, it's not that big of a deal. But usually when you're slow dancing, you're right next to your partner, so you're talking about something. Yep. Hmm. That's something to think about. For your book. I'm not saying that. (laughs) General. I get a 20-page fan fiction and it's just a dancing scene. <laughs> I do like I do like reading Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. So as Colin makes an, an entire fool of himself talking to Darcy, uh, the entire room goes silent to look at him, which I just thought was hilarious. Uh, basically, everyone's like, what are you doing talking to Darcy? Poor Darcy. Also, the height difference between Collins and Darcy gets to me. Hilarious. Tar- Darcy is like tall, dark, and brooding, and Collins is like a gnome. I know. He like wa- runs up and he's like, do, do, do. Crazy. It's just, I think it's hilarious. Uh, Collins even just looks like a creep, is one of my biggest notes. And then He's not picking up any signals that Elizabeth's not interested. And, like, she's trying to get the entire room to stay with her. She is very obviously, like, don't have this conversation with me. I don't want to talk to you. And Collins will not pick up on it. And then he proposes to her. He just doesn't care. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. And then calling him, her his cousin the entire time, I'm just, it's so gross. It's so cringe. And... I know we think of things differently now than they do then, but still, yeah, yeah ew. Yeah, it's gross. Um, and then everyone listening at the door the entire movie, I thought was hilarious. Because yeah. Every single person in the family listens at the door, and it's just so funny. They were laughing. I mean, the way Kitty and them were, they were just openly laughing when they, when they opened open the door and they almost fell over because they're leaning on it trying to listen so yeah kitty and lydia laughed really hard as soon as uh they opened the door which is very good and then mrs bennett immediately runs in the room and she's like you have to marry him like gives no chill at all and her voice is all high and squeaky and whiny now yeah oh and then uh uh elizabeth running away into the woods as she rejects him. Got to me. I like that. I thought it was a nice touch. I like I like Mrs. Bennett. And now the worry is Collins may not take Lizzie. I'm really good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, wow, things really do move faster in this movie because they combine so many scenes to make it fit into the, I think it was two hours? Yep. Yeah. So 
I there were some things that were confined that I just wish could have gotten pulled out more. But also, you know, I think it flowed well for a movie. But having just read the books, I'm like, I need more. You I want see, step by step. And it's so funny. I'm just the opposite. When I, I reread the book, I'm like, I don't care about this. This Darcy is not in this. I don't want to listen to her talking to her cousins. I mean, to her sisters pretending she's not thinking about Darcy. Let's just skip forward a little bit. Like when she was at when when she was at Rosings for the weeks without him. I'm like, I don't care about that. Just skip forward already. <laughs> You're like more Darcy, better. More Darcy. Yeah, I just was like, wow, this is moving so fast. So like, um. Elizabeth goes to visit Charlotte and the lady they cast to play Lady Catherine is very good. Yes. And um, Darcy is immediately there the first time she ever arrives to see Catherine. Like, as they're getting introduced, Darcy's just sitting there in the corner like, uh... <laughs> Which, I don't really mind that he's there right off because I hate, like, I hate Catherine so much. Like, the less we see of her, the better. To be honest. Oh yeah, and then my biggest note is uh, I say biggest note every time, but one of my bigger notes is Catherine is even worse on screen. Yes, she is, but it's, that's just because Judy Dame plays her so well. Yeah, she's just a terrible character. Oh, and then one of the things that I thought was more noticeably weird in the movie, but also weird in the book, is that. Catherine forced a party guest to play the piano. Like you're supposed to go to someone's house to enjoy them. And then she's like, get up and play the piano. We see, she thinks she's entailed to anything. Yeah. That's just, so of course she has every right to enforce them to do whatever she wants. So annoying. But I was just like, Oh, it's so weird that like, she's like, Hey, you just said you don't play the piano very well. So get up, play the piano for me. I know. Um, and then the, dramatic entrance when he busted Darcy made when he busted into the Collins house shakes me to my core because he's just there's no no knocking he just bam bam hello here I am I know it's awesome and he's he's just so that's it that's really the only thing I wish we had that was the same um because I love love the proposal in the movie mm-hmm. But yeah. I, wish, I wish we could have seen him freaking out over her not feeling well. Yeah, me too. Like, I wonder if that was why he had the dramatic entrance when he first went in. Was that was supposed to be the dramatic entrance of her not feeling well? Maybe. Kind of. But, you know, I, I wish we could have saw that. Like, the worry on his face would have been really good. Um, yeah, and then I was like, I noticed that he proposes very quickly in my opinion, but it's also halfway through the movie already, so I guess it's not really that quickly, but I felt like it was very quick. Well, it, it's halfway through the book when he proposes. Yeah. But I think it's because I had so much lead up in the book of, like, subtle romance, and then, like, in the uh, movie, I feel like the movie does a better portrayal of why Elizabeth was so shocked, where she's like, I literally just met you not that long ago. Well, and she, I mean, she thinks that everything he's doing has been trying to antagonize her mm-hmm. when he thinks that everything he's doing is trying to show her compliment. Yeah. They did a really good job of just showing how quickly that his love at least progressed, whereas hers was like, uh... Yeah. Well, like he says, she was in love before she even realized it. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, he's in love and she's just like still mad at them for existing. <laughs> um, and then his face being like shocked when Elizabeth's saying no because of him separating Jane. He's like, wait, how did you know about that? Like, his face was like, whoop. He, uh, he's probably never heard the word no in his life. Yeah, he thought as soon as he made that proposal that she is just as in love. And <laughs> the shock on his face, they really did a good job of showing that in the movie. Yes. Matthew McFadden just, he's he, he just just such a good job in this part. Yeah. Such a good job. And then Elizabeth saying that he was the last man on earth she would want to marry. No, no. <laughs> last man on earth I could ever be pre- prevailed upon to marry. Get it right. Yeah. Prevailed I was, upon to marry. I was shook. <laughs> Absolutely shook to my core. Because in that moment, he was like, uh, well, I've made an error and a lapse in judgment. I mean, and the vehemence in her voice, too. Mm -hmm. Your behavior, even if I were so inclined, made it obvious that you were the last man on earth I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. She's just so fierce when she yells at him. That's so good. Without ever raising her voice. And then... Darcy's handwriting in that letter, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. I feel like I need to fix my handwriting after looking at that. (laughs) So good. Like, that's why he writes such long letters to show off his penmanship. Well, penmanship was important in those days. True. Um... Oh, and the way they show the passing of time in that movie is so strange to me. Because basically one one um way they do it is uh Elizabeth staring out the window. So when she gets the letter delivered to her, she's staring out the window and then like the lights fade and like to show but like so with that in mind, she basically stared out a window for like five hours not moving when you think about it. But I I love the way they show that though because it's it's you you do the same thing with with writing you need to convey a long amount of time but you don't have a long amount of time to convey that long yeah. amount of time so they they were able to do so that she was by herself ruminating for mm-hmm. hours yeah. with her basically looking in that direction and showing the passage of time without actually having to sit there and wait for you know the same with like when she's walking. Mm-hmm. You can see time passes as she's walking. She she's yeah. like when she's outside her house, when she after everybody had left before she got the letter for Charlotte, and she's twirling in the chair all by herself, you know, mm-hmm. and they show the passage of time that way. I love the way they show the passage of time in this movie. I think to me maybe it's just weird because I'm imagining her not moving from that spot the entire time and just being like staying in the same spot for five hours and i think that's why i think it's weird (laughs) it does convey the time the passage of time very clearly but it's also like was she literally just standing there for like around five hours just looking out that window maybe part of it's because i I write a lot of short stories Mm -hmm. and so i'm i leave I, i give as few details as possible just the ones that really need to be given leave leave the rest up to reader's imagination yeah and so with the passage of the time i can imagine her freaking out walking around pacing the room flipping through the pages reading and rereading shoving them down swearing she's never going to talk about it again only to pick them up two minutes later and flip through them so 
Yeah, maybe it's one of the things where she started looking out the window and then later she returned to that same window five hours later after she done all that. <laughs> you know, type of thing. So, yeah, I like how they show the passage of time. So then we get to go see Pemberley and it's absolutely stunning. But it feels kind of like a museum to me, but like thinking about how you talked about the wings of the house where there's that there's the wing where you see and it's kind of set up like a museum but it's like the weird it yeah it's got like statues in it and stuff and I'm like I can't imagine living there but I guess they don't live on that side anyways yeah that 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 is basically just there to show the wealth of the family they don't most of their because like the private drawing room the mm-hmm. the tea room all of that stuff isn't shown to the guests that's the, yeah. in the private wing of the house so they're they don't actually live in that portion of the house just imagine walking over them and be like do you remember that we had these statues <laughs> i forgot like i just can't imagine your house being that expansive that you kind of just forget that you have things well i'm sh- i'm not sure if they for- but i mean that's, they've got somebody's job whose job it is to curate it whose yeah. job it is to make sure that their collection stays relevant that their collection you know, continues to grow over the years with the family. Yeah. So. So weird. And then um, in this version, Georgiana is already there when uh, Darcy arrives, which I didn't mind because it just got to the point quicker of them and Darcy meeting. But her spying on and seeing Darcy for the first time when he comes in and sees um, Georgiana, I was like, first of all, how would you even get over to the side where she's at? Well, because she was where, in the movie, she was where she was not supposed to be. Oh. Because she she had wandered off. So she was looking at something. She was staring at the picture of him or the bust of him. And everybody wandered off without her. So then all of a sudden, she's alone in the house. And she's just walking around. Mm. So it was not that they were where they were not supposed to be. She was where she was not supposed to be. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I just would Darcy looks up and sees her. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. It's good. The the sh- the surprise and shock on his face. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, Georgiana is really even more so sweet in the movie. I thought than the book. Like she was sweet in the book, but I think they really did a good job of like showing how sweet and like childlike innocence on her. She's very pure. And she didn't seem to be nearly as awkward in the movie as they said she was in the book. No. I I think a lot of the awkwardness was just came from how quiet she was. Yeah. As the, she is technically the the leader. I mean, she's the woman of the house. So it's Mm -hmm. her job to run, to run the household basically. And when they have guests over, she's the one that's supposed to take charge, but because she's so shy, she doesn't do any of that, which makes it awkward. True. True. And also, they didn't really have, like, Bingley there, so it's not like uh, uh, Caroline could have, like, talked over her. Yeah. So, Oh, and then when Elizabeth finds out in the movie about Lydia, Darcy and her aunt and uncle are already there. So everyone's in the room together, which makes it even more awkward. Mm-hmm. But it's a change I don't really mind. But I also, maybe it's just... Um, like, I thought it was kind of weird how Darcy keeps coming to her alone. Not that it's weird. Like, I like it. But at the same time, like, isn't that kind of weird for that time period period that he constantly, like, shows up when she's alone? Oh, yeah. The yeah. fact that he keeps showing up in general is weird for that time period. True. That's true. 
But it's like, in the movie, they didn't seem to do that nearly as much as it happened in the book. Oh, and then when Lydia got married, because it was very, it was a lot quicker in the movie. They didn't really play that out as much, which I didn't mind because I didn't really like that plot line anyways, because I hate Lydia. And so like the less we talk about her, the better. (laughs) But um, so in the movie, she gets married at 15 and she keeps trying to show off her ring to absolutely every person she comes across. It's a puny little ring, too. I know. And I'm like, girl, no one cares. Not a single soul cares. Yep. And then at instead of in the movie having to wait for that letter, Lydia tells Elizabeth absolutely everything Darcy did right in front of um, everyone. Like no, right no. out the No, she tells them by the side, but she tells everything right out the bat instead of like waiting. Yeah. Um, which I understand why they did it for time constraints. Yeah. It's, it didn't really bother me. It did seem like Lydia would spill the tea. Like she yes. wouldn't. I don't think she would have like um, waited anyways. Like even in the book, Elizabeth says if she really asked and Jane wasn't there, that Lydia would have told her everything. And then we get the wonderful scene of everyone trying to quickly clean the house because Darcy and Bingley are arriving, which is absolutely hilarious. I love I it so much. I do. I love I wish we could have seen more of that in the book. The, yeah. Because the girls are so they're kind of more sedate. They make the boys wait for them in the book. Where in, in the movie, the girls are running around like crazy to make them look because they're lounging around doing nothing. And then by the time the guys get to the door, they're all prim and proper again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ah, we're totally just casually sitting here minding our own business, reading books, you know, as you do. But it's like everyone's fixing their hair and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then they like um, quick. They're there for like two minutes and then they leave. Bingley starts freaking out and practicing <laughs> his proposal. <laughs> And then they come back in and he proposes really quickly, which I just think is super cute. I I really do like that. Even knowing that it's improvised, I thought it was really well done. It was. It was adorable. And I just, that, you know, he definitely did that in the book too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They had to practice all the time. He's so nervous. I know. So cute. Oh, and I did like the, um, like little added that he got down on one knee and proposed. I thought that was cute. I love it. Oh, and then in the movie they changed that Lady Catherine came in the middle of the night and everyone's in their PJs, which I thought was like a weird change. I don't understand why they did it that way. Well, I like it. And I think the reason they did it that way was to better express how quickly she, she Left. felt. Yeah. Um, because in the in the book she's more she's more even though she's she's sharp and she's not polite she's at least giving the mother attention and you know she sits there for a few minutes whereas in the movie you know her urgency as soon as Collins told her that Elizabeth is about to marry Darcy she hopped in her carriage and she took out of there to make sure that this is not really that's going on so I, I kind of liked it being at night and I understand why they did it to, to help impart the sense of urgency that she is seriously freaking out. Yeah, I do. Now that you say that, it makes a lot more sense thinking about it that way. Cause it's like, to me, I was like, that's a weird change just to make, but like thinking about it that way, it definitely makes more sense. 
Like, I get it. Everyone in the house is still like sitting at the doors when Lady Catherine's there. So they don't, she doesn't get to hide it from her family like she did in the books. Which, you know, I'm, that didn't really bother me, to be honest. It's just, it is what it is. But now everyone's like, what do you mean, Darcy? Like, well, and I'm not sure, because if you watch in the movie, I'm not sure they caught everything that was going on because mm-hmm. they, if they had realized the, the extent of what was really taking the conversation, because the conversation that took place before between Elizabeth and Catherine, mm-hmm. they said one thing and then their meanings were much, there was like yeah. a secondary unsaid conversation going on between them yeah. without words. And so I, I don't think if you don't know the background between the two and the background between Elizabeth and Darcy, mm-hmm. which she's obviously become at least a little bit, you know, because she watched them for weeks at yeah. Rosings Park. Um, I think with the family trying to listen through the door, they're not really grasping what was going on, you know, because yeah. just because they already knew that he was Mrs. That, that, that she was Darcy's aunt. And I don't think they really grasped the full because otherwise they wouldn't have been so surprised. Yeah. And they had the engagement because Plus, how well they can you hear? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, sense. so I don't think even if they heard parts of it, I don't think they really grasped the issue at hand. Yeah. They're probably just like, this is weird. This random ladies coming and yelling. Yeah. So then Darcy's back. He was in a dramatic walk up to Elizabeth across the field. Also, fun fact about that scene. Oh. Do you know he had to be guided by a flag because the mix was so thick? I did know that. <laughs> and they uh, they had to do it three days in a row to get it right because oh, really? of, because of the, they, they wanted it, you know, at a, the light to look a specific way. Mm. So they did it three days in a row. Wow. So that day. It's beautiful and I love it. So... I wish it would have been like that in the book. I mean, I, yeah. I, really, I much prefer the movie version of the proposal. And I just think it's so dramatic. Yes. You know, instead of them walking behind uh, Jane and um, Bingley, you know, and proposing that way, instead he does this very dramatic and being like, I still like you. Like, And he's in his regular, I mean, he's, he's not dressed at all. Mm-hmm. Basically, he got to, got to Bingley's house in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. couldn't sleep because it doesn't say how many days afterwards mm-hmm. it had it's had to have been at least a few days for her to get to Pemberley bitch out Darcy for Darcy to get back to Meryton because it's not mm-hmm. like they're in a car so it's been a few days since yeah she, since she's had her fight with Catherine mm-hmm. and so he got to like Darcy's house couldn't sleep decided to take a walk and there that is run into each other because he's not even properly dressed she's yeah. in the- She's in her jammies still. You know, it's just, oh. And he's like, you want to get married? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was yes, kind of hoping that, like, they would show a wedding. But, you know, they didn't. But it's fine. But we got the beautiful after scene. And that gorgeous property. Oh, yes. That balcony, stunning. I would kill for a beautiful house like that. Oh, it's just as gorgeous. Yeah, that movie, I think, obviously I've never seen any of the other ones, but I think it was so well done and I loved it so much. Well, do, you, do you think it compares nicely to the book? Yeah, I like that a lot of the language was taken directly from the book. Like, that's what I noticed when you sent me that awkward, Darcy being awkward for seven minutes, is how 
that was so uh, like so much of it was pulled right from the book. Almost entirety. In, mm-hmm. Unless it was a scene that did not happen in the book or did yeah. not happen exactly. Almost, almost the entirety of the, the speech, the dialogue was taken mm-hmm. from the book. It was so good. So that's basically what they did. They took mm-hmm. the book, they pulled out all of the scenes that didn't have interactions between the main characters. They, so they took out all the fluff, mm-hmm. put all the dialogue, and then that's how they made the movie. So yeah. if, you, if you took out all the walking scenes and all the scenes where the girls were doing nothing but walking around and looking at ribbons and and Elizabeth was just musing to herself about how much she hates Dorothy, Darcy and then how much she loves Darcy, that's basically what the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, I think it was awesome. I can't, I can't imagine the other movies, like, being as good as this one. Like, I'm sure there's going to be parts that I like in the other movies, but, like, I, I really like that one. Well, after you watch the BBC miniseries, Mm -hmm. come back to me, and we'll talk again. (laughs) I know, I'm going to send you chats and be like, so I lied. (laughs) No, I do think the 2005 one, it, I mean, it's by far my favorite, 100%. Um, but Matthew McFadden has a lot to do with that. That's true. He did a wonderful job as Darcy. He did a fantastic job. And I think Kira Knightley did an amazing job as Elizabeth as well. Oh, no, she she did, she did a great job. And they talk about the pressure they felt to get it right, you know, mm-hmm. because it is such, a, and she personally was such a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice before the movie. Um, but I, I'm not sure she would have been as good if he had not been such a good partner to work with, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that, they played off each other just, really well. Yes. It was just fantastic. Yeah. <sighs> so good. So good. <laughs> I just... Apparently, I'm gonna watch Pride and Prejudice Zombies later. Yes. yes, I need to know. I need to know. Like, yes, probably read and, the book at some point. Well, and it it's word for word. I mean, they take the same the same dialogue from Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and put it in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It just nice. add in. They just add in the fact that the Bennett daughters are renowned zombie hunters. <laughs> uh i need to see it i hope lydia can't be nearly as like airheaded and annoying in that version i'm making no comment but watch it and let me know okay I'll, I'll get you like the live tweet yes yes watch it and let me know okay will do all right well thank you so much for joining me on this entire pride and prejudice journey it in has- this wonderful movie it's my pleasure. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Where can all the people find you? Uh, you can find me all over the internet. Um, my website is amandafaybooks.com. You can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash amandafaybooks. Uh, my username on Facebook is just author Amanda Fay. And um, I'm on Amazon, all over the place on Amazon, Amanda Fay Books. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And that's all I have for today. I will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining me on this lovely little adventure. 
of Pride and Prejudice and listening for the first rounds of episodes. I am so happy to have you all here. Um, It's so exciting, especially because, you know, it's just started and I really hope that everyone's enjoying it. If you really want to help me grow, I would really appreciate you leaving a review for the podcast. Um, It helps other people find us and it just, it's really helpful. So I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind taking some time to leave a review. Also, as I previously mentioned, we do have the Barely Book Club that's available on Discord, and you can find that by going to barelybookish.com uh, backslash connect, or by going in the show notes, uh, that link will be there, and then you can go to the Discord. I also wanted to let you all know that our next episode will be co- be covering Fahrenheit 451, so if anyone wants to read that, before we start discussing it, please do. I don't want anyone to get any spoilers that they do not want, so please be sure to read that if you are um, trying to avoid spoilers, or if you've already uh, read it and you are ready for uh, me to make some hot takes on it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I will catch you all on that one, and that's all I have for you all today. Bye!